Good morning, my friend. Preacher John here in Boulder, Colorado today. I just lifted my banner just a moment ago here. Wanted to say hello like I do sometimes. Uh, when I get to my corners, that's what I normally do. I put my pack down, it's right there. And then I put my cones down and I unroll the banner and lift it up. And occasionally I'll do this. I'll turn the camera on just to say hello. And uh, that's what I do. <laughs> it's pretty chilly out here. Of course, when the sun comes out, it feels pretty nice, but when it goes behind the clouds there, we're gonna have a cloudy day. It's supposed to be 40, but it feels more like about 10. That's what it feels like. In fact, it was so cold that I had to go in and put another pair of long johns on. <laughs> I got three layers on my legs here, and I got about, see, so one, two, three, four, about five or six layers on the top. <laughs> you gotta layer up, you know? So uh, anyways, let me put this down and I'll do my scripture short for the day and then I'll do uh, the street sermon for the day, all right? This is December 31st, day 1001. <laughs> See you in a few moments, bye. Denver? Denver. Where am I? Huh, Boulder. <laughs> I got Denver on my mind because Friday I'm going to be in Denver. Uh, Thursday I'll be in Broomfield and then my hands are cold. And then uh, today is Sunday. This is uh, De December 31st, 2023. Last day of the year. Been a good year, I suppose. Been a rough year for many and a very bad year for some uh, and a great year for others. Uh, it's different for everybody, I think, and for the planet Earth. I don't know how, what kind of year it's been for the planet. I don't really care. Uh, God's going to remake it anyways, uh, but we're trying to take care of it the best we can. Uh, we're supposed to be stewards of what God has given us. And so uh, today is uh, kind of an interesting day. Uh, this is day number 1001. 1001 1000,001 uh, if you haven't watched if you haven't watched uh, Friday's street sermon I think it's called faithful uh, my 1000th day faithful are you something like that uh, my 1000th day I watched that and I thought it was uh, turned out really well it's all about uh, being faithful it was, uh, God gave us two examples, one in Moses and one in Peter, in Numbers 12.7 and Acts 12.7. And I did that from Colorado Springs, uh, south of here. That turned out to be about, a, I think about, uh, see, uh, 6, 7, 8, 4, 2, 15, 15, about a 15 hour a day, minimum. <laughs> it was more like 18, but it was about 15 hours total. So it's a very long day. But that's okay. Then Saturday, that's my Sabbath rest. I don't do anything. I don't talk to anybody. I just hang out with the Lord. And uh, it's the most amazing day of the week. And I say this so often. Uh, when the Lord asked me to set, he was on a Friday when I first got to Boulder here in 2017 to build the church this time. I said, tomorrow I want you to set that day aside as a Sabbath rest unto me spend the day with me and I thought wow that's really interesting because I've never never honored the Sabbath I'm not a Hebrew I'm a Gentile uh, I don't personally really know anyone who does the Sabbath and uh, God bless you man and uh, and so he just said set it aside as a Sabbath rest unto me and spend the day with me so I think that day was a 14-hour day in the Lord 
And I think I laid on the floor and worshiped and prayed and pr cried and read the Bible. Uh, it was, it, I didn't do a thing on that day. That was my first Saturday. That was, uh, see, Wednesday, I get here on May 3rd, 2017. So that's uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So it's May 3, 4, 5, 6, May 6, 2017. It was my very first day that I spent as a Sabbath rest under the Lord. And the way the Lord kind of showed me that Sabbath rest is it's a day dedicated, committed just to God. Not to go work for God, not to go play with God, not to go talk to people for God, just me and God, that's it. Uh, that's not normal, uh, I realize that. Uh, I didn't know why he was doing that for me. I no, no clue until a couple years later. But I was faithful with that one Sabbath day. And I didn't do it like Hebrew do it. A lot of, when I used to say this, I don't get this anymore, but a lot of Christian people who try to become, pretend like they're Hebrew, and they try to do the Hebrew feast and the Hebrew this, and all the Hebrew talk and all the words, pretending like, you know, they want to get closer to Jesus because, uh, you know, they're going to pretend like they're Hebrew when they're a Gentile. Uh, that's not good. Uh, there's a lot of stories about that, you know. You need to be who God made you to be. If God wanted you to be a Hebrew, He would have made you and have you born as a Hebrew Jewish person. But, uh, you know, most of us are not. Very few of us are uh, Jewish. You know, looking at the whole world, most of us are Gentiles. Anyway, so I just uh, got up in the morning and uh, just spent the day with the Lord. I'd, I do like I normally do in the morning, got my coffee, got my Bible, got my, at that time I didn't have a true study book, but as you, as you know, if you've been going into my classes, I got my legal pad and I write my prayers out in the morning. So I was, you know, I spent hours and hours just writing my prayer out, several pages of prayer. And uh, of course that became the true study book that we do the classes around. That's what the book is all about. And uh, that's what I did yesterday. I just spent the day with the Lord. Uh, it's kind of like the feeling I get, let me say it this way, is that it's like I'm inside the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is in me. And as I was praying yesterday and being with the Lord by His Spirit, because the Lord's not going to come down, He's at the right hand of the Father, He sent the Holy Ghost. So that's how we communicate with Jesus, through the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit of God. You know, and that's why a lot of Christians struggle because they're not baptized or filled or full of the Holy Ghost. They know about the Holy Spirit, but they don't know really that's about it. <laughs> I mean, they're saved, obviously, because that's how you get saved, by the Spirit of God, but they're not full. <clears throat> Anyways, that's another story. <clears throat> but as I was asking the Holy Spirit, how can I describe what's going on to people? And he gave me an image in my mind or spirit, imagination, whatever. He gave me an image. And it's like I saw this great big uh, white cloud. I mean, like it filled the whole house I was in. I'm in, you know, the studio down here. And the whole place was full of this white cloud. It, there was no black in it. There was no green. It's just pure white. But it was, had a fluffy look to it. And in as I looked at this white fluffy presence <laughs> wasn't a is you know it's hard to explain exactly but I saw an outline of a person and I knew that person was me and I was standing inside of this like fog yeah kind of like fog but not a grayish fog it was pure white fog if you can can, can if you can imagine it. pristine absolute pristine white and it didn't glow it was just there it didn't pulsate, it just was there, like I was in thick fog. And I saw myself, I was looking in the fog, and I was like I saw a complete outline from the, my head down to my arms and my fingers, all the way down to my feet, and it was just an outline. I knew the outline of me was me. I didn't see a face, didn't see a body, it's just an outline. And, the, and inside the outline was the fog. So there's just all fog, and then if you were to take and just draw an outline of a person, and that person was me, it's kind of like what it's like on my Sabbath rest. And it's like a continual ministry 
I'm trying to explain it because I'm, I'm supposed to be an example. That's what the Holy Ghost wants me to be to people, and that's why I'm talking this way. To give you an example of another person who may experience something like this. I don't know. And uh, then sometime, probably around 12, 1, usually happens between the 12 o'clock hour. It's, that's pretty, pretty predictable. Uh, I sit down with the Holy Ghost and I begin writing the uh, Sunday prayer letter for this week, which goes, I've been sending it out. Uh, this, I think this is the third time I've sent it out Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. It went out at four o'clock this, this afternoon, yesterday afternoon. I've been sending it Sunday morning, but I feel quickened to, uh, as soon as I'm done, to uh, get it ready and send it out right away. And so I've been scheduling it for four o'clock. So I usually start around 12, 12.30, and I'm done by 3.30 or four, and it can go out at four o'clock. It takes me about four hours to write the letter. Because I'm not just sitting and writing. Bop, bop, bop. I'm just not writing. I'm not trying to pound out the letters. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm moved by the Spirit. And when I'm at my desk and I, it's like, it's like the, it's like I can sense in this silhouette, words that just come out of me and I put them on the, you know, I type them into the sword searcher, my, you know, word processor. And, uh, and then something catches my attention that I just wrote and I stand up and I begin praying and walking through the house and praying and worshiping God, just praising the Lord my hands up, just worshiping and praising God. Sometimes I'm on the floor worshiping God, crying. And then I get back up after, you know, five minutes or so, just, you know, a little bit, not all day, just a little bit. And then I sit back down and I write some more. Then I get up and I begin to worship, the get, you know, worship on the floor, stand up and praise. And it's just, uh, and it goes that way throughout the letter. It's very unusual. And after the letter was finished, and I sent it out, I was praying over the letter, I was praying for those who were, because it's a prayer letter. And so I was praying for those who were gonna receive it, those who are gonna read it, things like that. And I got to thinking, what am I gonna do, Lord? Uh, how am I gonna find, how are we gonna, how are we, that's why I said, I think I said we, how are we gonna find somebody to write the letter like I've been writing the letter? Cause that was, I think that was letter 242. You know, 242. That's a lot of letters. 242 letters. Each letter is about 2,000 words. That's a lot of words, you know, to write. Especially somebody who flunked English several times. Uh, the only reason I, they passed me because I showed up and I did all the tests and I worked hard. I just was stupid. You know, I'm just, I'm not smart. Academically wise. Anyways, uh, I asked the Holy Spirit, you know, how are we going to find somebody to do what we're doing here? I said, it's okay. We'll find somebody. I said, okay. <laughs> it's okay. We'll find somebody. <laughs> I mean, because one day I'm not going to be here. You know, and the Sunday prayer letter is a integral key tool in our ministry, not just for our street ministry, not just for our uh, uh, house churches, not just for our true study, not just for our Sunday services. It's for everything. All those who are a part of our church. I mean, the Sunday prayer letter kind of is the, the tool of it or the purpose of it. Uh, the idea behind it is to create a one accord, one court. You know, one place would be the one place would be the Sunday prayer letter and one accord. So one place and one accord in prayer and supplication. So it's one accord, one place, Sunday prayer letter. It's in Acts chapter one and two, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, they're in one place, one accord in prayer and supplication. And the Holy Ghost came, all right? When the Holy Ghost came and did his thing, then Peter stood up and preached the word of God, preached the gospel, God's word, and then gave an invitation for salvation. That's kind of how we do our church also, same format, same format. And uh, that, uh, that's like the Sunday prayer letter. So that's the value of the letter. So if you're not subscribed to our letter, because it doesn't go on the website anymore, the only way to read our letter now is an email it's just because it just takes me to, you know, to format the letter for the website is a daunting task. It could take up to two hours, hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes just to format it for the website. 
it's, it's not easy. You just don't type it up, copy and paste. There's no such thing as copy and paste in an email. You have to recode it. And that's really hard. That's what I've been doing for all these years. But six months ago, I had to cut, you know, we had to cut that out. Or three months, whatever it's been. And now I just take a picture of this right here. Right here, it's on the, this is the scriptures I'm going to be preaching from. And that we'll preach from in our open gate and in our chief concourse when it gets opened up. So, you know, you have the scriptures, but you don't have the letter. So I really highly encourage you, if you haven't subscribed to our letter, it's John, C-H-O-Q-U-E, that's my last name, John. You can look at the YouTube channel, .com, and that comes up a one-page, uh, you know, thing of me, and first name, email. And then you'll get two welcome letters, and the third letter will be the next upcoming Sunday prayer letter. I used to send out all of them uh, years ago. I started this in 2018 with a letter. And uh, uh, now I just send out the current letter for the week. And you think about what I've just said. I started this in 2018. Now you think if you've been asking people since 2018, telling people what's going on, everyone's got an email address. I don't know of a single soul who doesn't have an email address. And all this, so it's 18, all of 19, all of 20, all of 21, all of 22, all of 23. Five full, complete years of asking people to sign up for our letter. You know how many have actually done it? 33. And two of those are me, the two different addresses that I have. So 31 people, that's it. 31 after five years of asking. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of asking, and only 30 people said, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get on your Sunday prayer letter. I think that's interesting. What's interesting to me is why they haven't. The second thing is interesting is that I have to deal with uh, what feels like rejection, feels like don't care, feels like people don't really want to contribute to our ministry, they just want to take from it. They don't want to give to it. And I'm not asking, I'm just asking you to sign up. It just doesn't cost anything, it's free. Not a nickel, doesn't even take any time actually. You can do it in probably 60 seconds. Why don't people do that? They go down to the grocery store to sign up for a gift card. They ask you for your email address. Oh, here it is. You're down to, to get a coffee card, they ask you for your email address. They got, you go down to the store, they ask you for a receipt and your email address. You go down, sign, get a phone, email address. Apple, email. Google, email address. All the bills, all the bank, everything you do has an email address. But when a ministry comes along and asks for your email address, oh, I don't give, email. I don't give my email out. That's a lie. That's what I've been told, I don't give my email out. Anyways, I'm just talking that way because it helps everyone stay together. I don't ask for money in the letter. I don't ask for anything. I, don't, I just pray, and I pray over you too. I pray over the letter. I pray over the people. And uh, it's, I don't get it. And it could be that I don't have any value. It could be I'm not worth it. Could be this ministry is not worth it. I don't care. Could be, I don't like you, John. I don't like the way you talk. I don't like the way you preach. I don't like the way anything. I don't like anything about you. Could be that. I don't like the way you look. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't hang around with old people. You're old. I'm young. I don't hang around old people. I don't know. I mean, it's just really interesting to me. Since we're talking that way, uh, this is a true study book. This is built around the Sunday. This came out of the Sunday prayer letter. This is where this came. In fact, all my sermons that you hear, I've got over a thousand street sermons that I put on YouTube. All those sermons, all those messages came out of the Sunday prayer letter. <laughs> the book, this book came out of the Sunday prayer letter. The locations that I'm at came out of the Sunday prayer letter. Our open gate house churches came out of the Sunday prayer letter. Our uh, true study class, this true study class came out of the Sunday prayer letter. Our Sunday services will come out of the Sunday prayer letter. Now, don't you think that has value, the Sunday prayer letter, to, to toss over an email address and a first name? I don't know. I'll probably have 
of all my videos, I probably get about, you know, 50 to 100 people watch every video. Different ones. You know, I'm running, I don't know what the, see, YouTube says about, uh, get about, uh, uh, th uh, see, uh, uh, let's see, this month, we've got over 7,000 viewers this month, 7,000 viewers, 7.1, 7,100 and something viewers for this month, last 28 days. And uh, that's pretty interesting. On almost every video, I talk about the Sunday prayer there, not everyone. So this True Study is a class that I'm doing out of this book. There's eight books. I've got four of them on the bookshelf, and I'm almost, I'm almost done with five, and I'm working on six, seven, and eight. Kind of working on all of them at the same time. And uh, you can go to the book, the book patch, P-A-T-C-H.com, and uh, you can order this book and join our class. And uh, our class is every day, Monday through Friday, at 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. And... Uh, Right there, I've been asking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people on that. And I got about 20 who come to class. Four or five, six people come to during the live stream because they're probably working. And then another 15 or 20 during the recording. But even that, it's an hour long class. Uh, the average view time of an hour long class is 19 minutes. That's all people will give, 19 minutes. Average out over 25 people. 25 people averaged out 19 minutes. They can't give an hour. I don't get that either. I don't understand how people function. I don't get it. I truly don't understand it. But uh, that's the True Study book. And that is the uh, Sunday prayer letter. So now let's pray. <laughs> that's kind of, that's kind of funny. I, know. I don't have an agenda. I'm just moving, being moved by what's in my heart. and. Uh, I heard this, I heard, let's pray now. That's, that's why I said it that way. <laughs> I, I'm not running off an outline or a bullet points or I do this, I do that. I don't, I don't do that. I've tried that. It doesn't work for me. I can't function with the Holy Spirit if I have to read an agenda. Read a, you know, a program. All right, man, my hands are cold. I should put my gloves on. I think I will. Let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that we can come out here, cold or not cold hot or not hot, rainy or not raining, snowing or not snowing, windy or not windy, hailing or not hailing, sleeting or not sleeting, whatever the case may be. Uh, we can come out here, we can do a street sermon, we can uh, lift a banner, we can preach the gospel, we can hand out gospel tracts, we can pray for people, we can be a light, we can interact with people all day long, we can be a witness for you, and we do all that by one source, and that is source is the Holy Ghost. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us, exhorting us, comforting us, edifying us, and giving us the power to preach and to minister, to do the things that the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to do in serving his kingdom. And we thank you in your name, Jesus. In your name, Jesus, we do all things. In word and deed, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. All right. Hang on a second. I gotta put my gloves on. It's just uh, my hands are way too cold. <clears throat> See if I can do that with my gloves on. All right. All right. Praise the Lord. So uh, today is kind of a weird day. Uh, we are gonna talk on a the title of our letter and our message for this week uh, we preach seven days a week in our church I preach six of the seven and uh, we used to have people preaching on Saturday we don't anymore but maybe that'll come about change here not too long from now uh, I'm believing that but we do have a lot of people who do work for our church on Saturdays they just may not be flying a banner but they're doing work I know Brent does work on Saturdays I think Frank also ministers on Saturday I'm not sure and I know Dammy does. I know Riley probably does. So there's probably a lot of us that do, but they do different types of ministry, but they're all serving the, the Lord Jesus Christ. I think Brent uh, texted me and said, I passed out over 100 gospel tracts. 100! He's a busy man, got a big family, big business, busy, busy, busy. And he's had time to pass out 100 gospel tracts, over 100. 
He said, I was so excited. I was so fired up. It made me feel so good when I placed that 100th track, or maybe it was 150, I don't know, but it was over 100 tracks. I thought, wow. He said, GEC had a good day. Gospel Evangelist Church, GEC. Gospel Evangelist Church had a good day. I think that was yesterday, Saturday. See, so Saturday, people are ministering. I'm, I'm off that day, but God has brought people into our church who keep it going. So our church is open seven days a week. Our church doesn't close. I know there's a lot of churches that close, but we don't close. We've never closed. When the Lord opened the door to our church in, I think it was uh, 2020, could have been 2019. I don't know exactly when the doors opened. I have to talk to Brent about that. He knows the exact time. But when our doors for our church opened on Wednesday, the Sunday doors are not open, but the Wednesday doors are open. Uh, the banner doors, the street ministry doors opened on May 26th, right across the street at 3 p.m. Uh, on March 26, 2019. Those doors open, the banner preaching. And then uh, several months later, the Wednesday doors open. And then we're still believing and praying and send supplication for our Sunday doors to open. Now understand, we wait upon the Lord. We don't wait upon uh, what people tell us. We don't wait on numbers. We don't wait on uh, calculations or advertising or money or anything. We wait upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And when the Lord opens the doors, that tells us that we can enter in. And when we enter in, God's not going to shut the door because what God has opened, no man can shut. See, that's why our Wednesday doors are still open. See, that, that, a lot of people don't get that. A lot of doors have closed, not ours, but they open their doors. They open their own doors. We're going to open the doors for a church. We're going to start a church. Well, they're closed now and they're gone. You know, doesn't make me anything. I'm nobody. It's not, I mean, our church is tiny, itty bitty, a dot. It's a little mustard seed is all it is, but it's still there. It's planted and it's taken root, deep seeded root. I mean, the roots are going deep, deep, deep. And anchoring, the roots are anchoring deep into the rock, the earth's crust, the bedrock. Yeah. And then one day, that shoot is going to come up out of the ground. And it's going to come out, and it's going to be a beautiful tree where people from all over can come into the shade of Gospel Evangelist Church. But it takes time. You have to wait upon the Lord. Sometimes you have to wait a long time. Long time. Oh, well. <laughs> so, you know, you got all your life to wait. You know, there's not a timeline on how long you have to wait. You, have to, you can wait till the day you die. Till your very last day. And if God doesn't bring it about, that's fine. Lean on the Lord. Quit leaning on your own ability. But make sure that it's the Lord that you're waiting upon and that He hasn't told you to go do something and you're not doing it. That's different. I'm not talking about that. The Lord told you to go do something and you're not doing it. That's not waiting upon the Lord. That is disobedience. There's a big difference between waiting and being disobedient. When the boss calls you up to come to work and you're waiting at home and you don't go to work, that's called disobedience. That's called you're going to get fired. <laughs> I called you for work and you didn't show up. Where'd you go? I was at home. I called you to come to work. You know? When you get a new client, a new customer, I'm a truck driver. When I, you know, for 10 years I held my own truck, I had my own contracts. When the a broker gave me a load and I went and hauled a, somebody, they expected me to show up to pick up their freight and go deliver it. And once I picked it up, they expect me to go deliver it. They weren't going to follow me in their car. I wonder if he's going to deliver it or not. They're not going to follow me in the truck. I'm in the truck, there goes the load down the road, out the gate or whatever. Somebody's not going to, the boss is not going to get in the car. Now go follow that guy, make sure he delivers his load 500 miles away. That doesn't happen, Dan. <laughs> I never thought of that before, but that's pretty funny to me. So people have to trust you. The boss has to trust that you know what you're doing. One of, when I was in the trucking world, I spent 40 years out there in the trucking world, and one of the things when I got a new job, I've had lots and lots of jobs in the trucking business, and uh, one of the things that a new truck, bo a truck boss looks at on a new hire, a new driver, is can the driver get around? Can he get around? That's, the, uh, that's what he's looking for. Can he get around or do I got to babysit him? 
They gotta hold his hand. Can't he solve problems? Can he get down the road? Can he make his pickup? Can he make his delivery? Can he take care of problems? Because in the trucking world, there are problems without end. They never end, I guarantee it. I thought, I learned there that problems are normal. It's just the way of life in the trucking world. So that's what the truck boss does. Can he get around? Well, that's what God does. He gives you assignment. God's like a sending angel. He says, go to Colorado Springs. Uh, angel, go follow John. See if he makes it to Colorado Springs or not. God's not going to do that. Um, I mean, I'm going to have an angel, but he's not watching to see if I go down there. <laughs> that doesn't happen. He, he trusted me. He has faith in me that when I hear the voice of the Word of God, I'm going to act. I'm going to go do something, right? That's what we're talking about here in our title and our work that, and the ministry that we're going to be doing this year. So our title is something, Holy, the Holy Ghost and with fire. The Holy Ghost gives us power. So we're moving into a new season starting today and this week. This week will be a kind of a uh, uh, prelude type thing to what we're going to be talking on. And uh, we're going to be talking all year on the word fire. Tomorrow uh, will be my... Today is my last day for my God bless you, my 2023 banner. Uh, it'll go into the closet and with my other banners. And one day when we have our church building, uh, we'll hang all those banners in the church. And there'll be a great testimony, a great witness, because this is how we're building the church. People will come in and say, hey, I remember that. That's how I got to gospel. I remember that was the banner that the Lord brought me in. And it's, yeah, that was the banner that the Lord brought me into this church. Look at that banner. That's the banner the Lord used me in. Yeah, that, that's going to happen because that's just how we're building the church. Everybody in our church has come by, via or by the banner. Pretty amazing. A lot of people are invited, yeah. But those who are invited say, yeah, I've seen his banner all over town. I've seen his banner many times. So the banner is a part of their life. That's how we're building the church. Kind of a unique way of doing it. And uh, so here, <clears throat> the title will be, uh, the season for 2024 was called FIRE, F-I-R-E, FIRE. All right, and the title for this letter for December 31 to the January 6th uh, Sunday prayer letter is the Holy Ghost and with fire, the Holy Ghost and with fire. So part one of Sunday, we're gonna talk on the same verses all week, and that's Luke chapter three, verse one through 21 or 22 those first 22 verses there on chapter 3 of the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke. Okay? <clears throat> Understand, Luke is a, was a physician. He was a doctor. He wasn't a fisherman. He wasn't a tax collector. He wasn't a, a tanner, a tent maker. He was a doctor, a physician, a doctor. And he wasn't a Jew, he wasn't a Hebrew. Luke was a Gentile. And Luke left his medical practice and followed Paul. He was one of the traveling companions of the Apostle Paul. And so Luke wrote the Gospel of Luke and Luke also wrote the Acts of the Apostles. Following, the, uh, following Paul, that's why there's so much detail on the ministry of Paul in the book of Acts because Luke followed him and wrote. He was like the traveling author or biographer, <laughs> I don't know. And he wrote the book of Acts. And Paul mentions his name several times in the book of Acts, our beloved brother Luke, I think. So that's who's writing this, Luke. And understand, that he's not writing from the Jewish perspective, from the Jewish law, from the laws of Moses. Uh, he's writing like I would write, brand new. Like I just found out about Jesus and I'm saved. Now I'm with God. I'm sort of like other people have, you know, a lineage all going all the way back to Abraham. And they have history with God. Right? History with God. I don't know if Luke had history with God, but uh, we don't know everything about Luke. We'll find out later when we get to heaven. We'll probably meet him. That'd be kind of cool, huh? Meet all the authors in the Bible. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool, huh? 
Man, we're gonna have a great time. If you don't plan on going to heaven, I, why? Why? You think heaven's not real? You think all this just the two rocks hit each other and all of a sudden, poof, here you are? Where, who made the rocks, you know? Who made the noise when the rocks hit each other? Who made the spark? Who made the loud bang? Who made the boom? Who made, who made all that? You know? <laughs> if everything started with one cell, who made the cell? You know? I mean, there's got to be a source, origination. And people don't want to acknowledge God. And they just turn a deaf ear. They turn their back on God. And when you reject Jesus Christ, you reject God, you reject the maker of heaven and earth and everything that's in it, the fullness of heaven, fullness of earth. When you reject the creator of Almighty God, the creator, not creator of, of the Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth, when you reject God, it's not going to look good when you leave here at all. You can say, I don't believe that with all your heart. That is the dumbest thing. That is the stupidest religion in the world. It is most evil religion in the world. The, all, you can say everything nasty you want. You can cuss God out to the day you die. You can flip God off every day. You can tell him how stupid he is. Blank, blank, blank. You can curse God all your life. Does God care? Nope. He probably knew that you would not receive him. God knows who's going to receive him or not, but we don't. So we appreciate everybody. But you have to receive Jesus. You have to receive God. You have to receive Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. You have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ before you leave earth, before you die. Because after you die, that's it. There's no more grace. There's no more forgiveness. There's no more, oh, I made a mistake. You let you die too early. Here, you, you can go back and do it again. There's none of that. You don't come back and do it again, and again, and again, and again, and again. You, weren't, you didn't exist before, and you're gonna do it again some other day. None of that's true, it's all a lie. Those are all cults that, that built lies, and people believe those lies by the millions and millions upon millions of people. Brilliant, most brilliant creature in the world, and they believe a lie. Some people don't even believe that there's a devil, Satan. <laughs> that's the great, I think that's really amazing. How the devil himself can make you think he doesn't exist. <laughs> and you're gonna go where he goes. If you don't receive Christ, you're gonna go where the lake of fire. I read a, something yesterday, I read in, anyway, I was reading something yesterday and uh, in one line it said, when Jesus looked at a man this is from uh, the book uh, Concealed from Christians. Um, forget which page number it on. I think I'm on 125 or something like that now. Somewhere right around, about halfway through the book. It's in our book list, in our True Study book. It's in our book list. Book number 24 or 25. 24, I think it's 24. I wonder if I should turn those around. I don't know. Anyways, uh, he said, when Jesus looked at a man, he knew if he was looking at a man in glory or looking at a man in the lake of fire. Boy, I stopped right there. I put the book down and go, wow. When Jesus looked at a man, male or female, mankind, he, he was either looking at a man in glory or looking at a man in the lake of fire because Jesus is God. And when God looks at you, he already knows your destiny. He already knows your future. Your future is in your hands, but he knows what you're going to choose. Just like it. Now, that's not hard to believe. I mean, stop trying to think that God's some kind of magic thing. We're parents. If you're a parent and you have children, you pretty much know, or maybe you're a teacher and you're not a parent. I was a teacher for a while in Sunday school. <clears throat> but I'm also a parent. I'm a dad. I have children. And uh, when you're raising children, you kind of know what they're going to do. You know what they're going to do before they do it. Before they know what they're going to do, you already know what they're going to do. It just, that's a part of being a parent. Now, if you've never been a parent, that doesn't make any sense. How can you know your child is going to do something before they do it? Well, that's one of the tools that God gives you as a parent. That gets turned on when you become a parent. 
Now, if you're a lousy, poor parent, you don't want to be a parent, maybe that'll be turned back off. But if you have that, just, you know, there are a lot of parents who are rotten at it. They hate being a parent. And, uh, but most of us love being a parent. It changes our lives. Being a parent changes your life, totally. You're never the same once you have a child, never the same. Even if you kill it, with all these people who eat their babies, how sad, right? How sad. Anyways. <laughs> People do funny things. Not funny to me, it's not funny to God, but it might be funny to them. <clears throat> but this is what the title is. This is what we're talking about now. The Holy Ghost and with fire. You can't talk this way without the Spirit of God because you won't make any sense. In fact, when you're listening to me, you won't even, if, you're, if you are not listening to your spirit, if you're not functioning by your spirit, if your spirit does not have dominion over you, which is submitted to the Holy Spirit, then your flesh is controlling you, when your brain is controlling you, then everything I say doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It goes right over your head. So I'm not talking to your flesh. I'm not talking to your body. I'm not talking to your brain. I'm not talking to that. I'm not talking to your psychology. I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm not somebody who's trying to teach you how to have a great life. I'm teaching you how to live in Christ, how to live in the Spirit. Right? That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> My bus driver there. <laughs> the bus driver going to Longmont. <laughs> Fourth Friday of every month I'm in Longmont. Longmont is the uh, northern end of the cross that lays over our city. Denver will be the eastern end of the cross that lays over the city. Golden's the southern end of the cross that lays over our city of Boulder. And Nederland is the western end of the cross that lays over our city. Next month, I go to the western end of the cross that lays over our state, Grand Junction. Then I go to the northern end of that cross that lays inside of our state. That's Fort Collins. Then July, I go to the eastern end of the cross that lays inside the state, a cross that I see laying. That's in Burlington. Then I end the year in October at the southern end of the cross in Trinidad, Colorado. I have a, there's a plan what we're doing. We're not just wondering around what to do next. The reason why is because we have the Holy Ghost and we're baptized with fire. Baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. We have a cross that lays inside the city limits. The northern end is right up here on 28th and Iris. That's the northern end of the cross that lays over this. Southern end is Table Mesa and Broadway. The western is Ninth and Pearl. And the eastern end of the cross is Conestoga and Arapahoe. That's the cross that lays inside. We have three crosses. Inside the city, over the city, and over the state. And since you see on our video, our sermons, we always, we see United States of America we're doing that because the Bible tells us to pray for our leaders, the kings over us and things like that. That should tell you, you better be praying for the United States of America or whatever country you're in. I mean, if you're watching this YouTube channel from another country, then pray for your country. Pray for our country too, I don't know. Whatever you want to do. I'm not doing that just to be politically minded. I'm doing that because it's in the Bible. I don't do things because a man tells me to do something. I do it because God told me to do it. How did God tell me to do something? Right here, that's our title, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Luke chapter three, verse one. You doing okay? <laughs> Most people have probably clicked off the video now, so I'm just talking to the remnant. I had an interesting uh, uh, thing happen to me on uh, Saturday night. 
our brother in our church, Brother Frank, he sent me a, his prayer. He was praying for me, and I guess the Spirit of God told him to record it on audio file. <clears throat> and uh, so I listened to it last night. And I tell you, I was so moved by his prayer. It came out of his heart. I started crying right before the Lord. I mean, I was weeping for the Lord as Frank was praying over me. I want to cry now. <laughs> it was really moving. You know, I don't you know, I don't know what people do when they're not around me. I, we don't know. So I'm I guess he was at home. I don't know where he was. And uh, I don't even know when he did the video or when he did the audio. It must have been before I went to Colorado Springs because he talked about Colorado Springs. When God tells you to do something, you go do it. You don't say, oh, well, I don't know if I don't want to do that. Just do it. God told, I guess God told Frank to do that because I don't think Frank would have did that if God didn't tell him to do it because he's filled with the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is not going to, he's not going to do anything if the Holy Ghost didn't tell him to do it. It's just not, that's not Frank. So he was obedient, and it touched my heart. He didn't know he was going to touch my heart. He didn't know what was going on. He was just being obedient. That's all he was doing, being obedient to the Holy Ghost because he's baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hallelujah. All that chaff is being burned out of his life. The purity, the gold, the purified in fire. Purified seven times. Wow. Sometimes we have to go through seven trials and tribulations in our life. I've been through so, like I said on Friday, I've been, through, I've been through the valley of shadow of death so many times, I can walk through the valley of shadow of death blindfolded, and I can lead people while blindfolded. I've been through that valley so many times. Not just once, I guarantee it, not just once. Luke chapter 3, verse 1. <clears throat> now in the 15th year, of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of Ituria, and the region of Trachonitis, Trachonitis and Lysanias, uh, the tetrarch of Abilene. Verse 2 Ananias and Caphias. Caiaphas, 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 I can't read this, I got it, Caiaphas, being the high priest, and stop right there, think about that, that's the middle of chapter, verse 2, you see what God's doing, he's telling you, the country, the leaders of the country, the leaders of the counties, the city, he's telling you all the different points, and you can go back in history, and you can find all these guys. These are all secular. This is all in Roman history. This is all Roman history right here. Thank God Luke wrote it this way. Because you can go back to Romans were famous for all their uh, documentation of all their life. Very brilliant people. God gave them some knowledge. The Roman roads. I mean, a lot of these roads are were, came from the Romans. Romans were the first one to build highways. And, Bridges and tunnels and things like that. I think. And that's what the story is. I don't know for sure. Look at all the Colosseums they built in the building. Some of the Colosseums the Romans built are still standing today, 2,000 years later. They build a house today, and 50 years later, it's falling apart. Romans built a house with no computer, no knowledge, no college, no smart people, no hammer, no, no nothing. And their buildings are still standing, and ours fall down after 50 years. Theirs are still standing after 2,000. I think that's interesting. So God is detailing all this information out, so you know exactly the timeline of what's going on here. It's really important to think about that. God is concerned about detail, about detail. Yesterday, I was, when I was in my Sabbath, I was praying with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit had me write down some of my timeline. Where was I here in 1987? Where was I here? What company was I with? And what car, you know, what truck was I driving? And uh, what was I preaching on? What church was I in? And a lot of things. 
He was, I mean, year after year after year, we were, and I, a lot of things I had totally, completely forgot. I was gonna call uh, somebody up and ask them, hey, do you remember what, what we did here? And the Holy Spirit showed me. I didn't have to call anybody. I thought that was amazing because I've try, been trying to remember some things in my past. Oh, my nose is itching. But the Holy Ghost quickened all that to me, just like here. Holy Ghost was in Luke. Luke was filled with the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost gave Luke this information. Sorry. All right. Being the high priest, all right. The word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. You see right there. The word of God came. The word of God. Now, if you have a Bible that has the W capitalized, you're going to think that Jesus came to John. That's not what it says. It's a lowercase w. So what does that tell you? That tells you that God spoke the word of God into John's life. That's what I'm talking about. John Baptist heard the son of Zacharias, the priest, Zacharias the priest, his mother is Elizabeth. They were, John was their firstborn. John and Jesus are about the same age or within a few months of each other, something like that. Elizabeth and Mary, I think are, are they family, cousins, something like that? I think that's interesting. God uses family. But the word of God came to John while he was in the wilderness. He wasn't downtown at the coffee house playing checkers. <laughs> he was out in the wilderness. Why was he out in the wilderness? Because that's where God sent him. That's where he was being trained in the ministry, out in the wilderness. Why didn't John come out of the wilderness and come into town and be, you know, when he was like uh, 20 years old and start preaching? Because God didn't call him. He was waiting upon the Lord. Just these few words right here, these few words right here. The word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias in the wilderness. We know also that John was about 30 years old when this happened, about about 30 years old. Just these few words can tell you volumes of who John was, the Baptist, John Baptist, son of Zacharias, son of a priest. Because if you're not waiting upon the Lord, you're not in prayer and supplication, you're not reading the Word of God, you're not going to hear, the Word of God is not going to come to you. If you're not born again, the Word of God is not going to come to you. If you've rejected Christ, the Word of God is not going to come to you. And quite possibly, if you're living as a believer and you're living in sin, with your back to God but living in sin, the Word of God is probably not going to come to you. Maybe the wrath of God will come to you, but not the Word of God. <laughs> Uh, I pray the wrath of God on every believer who's living in sin. Wrath of God. Fire of God, hit them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Burn that sin out of their life. I'm praying for a, a sister in Christ. Been praying for her since 2017. 17? I think it was 17. Maybe 16, 16 or 17. And the Lord gave me a prayer for her, and I told a couple of Christians my prayer for her, and those Christians rebuked me. How dare you pray that kind of prayer? That's what God told me to pray. That's wrong. That's not by, you know, they went off. I, that's the last time I told anybody. One of them was one of my prayer partners, and they rebuked me. That's, that was the last time I prayed with them. God took them, because they rejected the Holy Ghost. They rejected the Holy Ghost. They blasphemed the Holy Ghost right before my face and the Holy Ghost took them out of my life because for several years, they were one of my prayer partners. They're in Redding, California. But the, when they blasphemed the Holy Ghost, immediately the Holy Ghost took them out of their life. 
They kept trying to come back into my life after I left Reading and came here. But the Holy Ghost said, no, they're out of your life. They're out of your life. They're out of your life. They're still out of my life since 2017. They'll never be in my life. I don't even know if they're still alive or not. Don't think about them. So I prayed, Lord, let the fire of God hit them and burn out the burn the world out of their life. That's my prayer. Lord, burn the world out of their life. And I'm more specific in that, but burn the world out of their life, Lord. Let the fire of God come. Consume all the world in their life. Turn up the heat. And after I prayed that, and prayed that for quite a long time, the Lord kind of changed my prayer and, and, and used these words here. Turn up the heat, Lord. Turn up the heat, Lord. And so I don't pray much anymore about the person, but when they do come to my mind, I say, Lord, turn up the heat. Lord, turn up the heat. So the Lord is notching up the heat. Why? Because they're I know in my spirit that they are refusing and they're calloused. They've got on an asbestos fire suit. Yeah. They have a fire suit on because they don't like, they love the world. This is a believer I'm talking about. And called into the ministry, but not serving the Lord. They're called to be a minister. And the Lord put them in my life and I began praying for them. This is back here in Redding, California. They don't live in Redding anymore. They live someplace else. I don't know where they live. I know they moved. The Lord even sent me back to Reading after I moved to Boulder, sent me back to Reading to confront them. Yeah, to confront them. I'm a mouth, I'm a mouth, <laughs> I'm a big mouth. <laughs> I'm a mouthpiece for God, I'm a prophetic person. I'm a, I work in that office, you know, it's like up in there. I mean, that's happened in my life. Most people just flip me off. Most people don't believe a thing I say. I give them a warning of what Satan is planning to do and they just look at me dumbfounded. Oh, really? Hmm. And that's as far as it goes. Satan comes in their life, rips their life apart. I said, I warned you of what the devil was doing and you didn't do anything. So now I'm trying, I'm, I've been doing that probably for 30 years. Very few times someone says, what can I do, John? That's, that's a rare, that's rare. What should we do then? Sometimes that'll happen, but most times it doesn't. When the devil is revealed, you need to take care of the devil. I mean, you gotta take care of it, man. He's not gonna just disappear because you don't gonna pay attention to him. He, he hopes that you don't pay attention to him. He hopes you ignore him. He hopes you sing along and dance along and get goosebumps and all and ignore the devil in your life. He hopes that. That's what he's planning. That's why he's cloaked in darkness. But that's why we have light, because light drives out the darkness and reveals Satan, reveals the evil. That's what the law is all about. The law reveals sin. If it wasn't for the law, you wouldn't know what sin is. Now you have a choice to make. You can keep on sinning or you and living in darkness and living for Satan, or you can say, I'm gonna live in the light. I'm gonna be a child of the light rather than a child of the dark. A lot of Christians still live in darkness. They live as children of the night. They live, they live in darkness. They're up all night long and they sleep all day. I know many, 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 and I've warned them. Now, if you're at work, that's different. I worked all night. I was working, but when I was home, I didn't stay up all night. Are you kidding me? What do you think? <laughs> People are just, they just can't get it because they don't pray and they're not in the word of God. And if they're not in the Word of God, they will not have the Word of God come to them when they're in the wilderness. Did John the Baptist know when the Word of God was going to come to him? No. You better be waiting. When the Word of God comes and says, when he says, come, come on up here, are you going to receive it? Or are you going to not think that that's God and you're not going to... I mean, there's going to be a lot of Christians who are going to go through tribulation because they don't hear the Word of God. When the Word of God comes, they're, they're, they're not going to believe it. Just like when the Messiah, Christ, came to all the God's people, they rejected Him. They didn't believe Him. It's going to happen again. People don't change. There's nothing new under the sun. Nothing. And if you think, oh, I got Jesus. It's God. I'm, I'll hear God. And you're living in sin. 
Sorry, you're not going to hear it. Because you have not, you've rejected the Holy Ghost and fire in your life. If you reject the Holy Ghost and reject the fire of God in your life to burn out that junk in your life, to purify you, then all that junk in your life is going to stay there and it's going to hold you captive. Oh well. The Word of God came. Listen to that. The Word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. Are you ready? In my shirt underneath this here is a shirt. Are you ready for Christ? Jesus, are you ready? Or something like that, whatever it says. John the Baptist was getting ready day after day after day, year after year after year, decade after decade. He was 30 years old when the Word of God came to him. What is if he gave up when he was 25? Oh, I give up on God. I'm going to go build a business. I'm going to go back to college. I'm going to go get married and have children. Because John the Baptist wasn't married. I'm 25. I burn within me. i got to get married. i got to have sex. That John didn't say that. People, get a life, man. Get a hold of yourself. Get self-discipline. Self did John have self-discipline? Did he have temperance? Yeah. He waited upon the Lord. Doesn't say what he did. Maybe he was, I don't know. He was dressed in camel's hair and leather and he ate locust and honey. He lived off the lived off the lived off the land. He was, you know, I don't know. But we do know this. The word of God came to John. And John obeyed, because the very next verse says, and he came into the into all the country around Jordan. See? That's verse 3. And John came into all the country about Jordan. You see, there's no transition there. The word of God came, John went. What would happen? if John wasn't ready to hear the Word of God. That would have been a mess, huh? Nobody would have, who would have baptized Jesus? <laughs> who would have got, I mean, what would have happened? <clears throat> so that's what I tell people. You've got to get into prayer, into the Word. I say this almost every day. <clears throat> and then hear the Word of God and then do it. Do it. I wanted to come out here about nine o'clock this morning. The Lord says, no, I got something else I want you to do. I was working, I, I got up at 5.30 this morning. I was working in the ministry at about, I don't know, it's about seven, seven o'clock this morning. I was at my desk. From seven to 10, I was at my desk working in the ministry. I wasn't just goofing around, having breakfast. I was, I was having oatmeal at my desk. I was eating my oatmeal and my coffee at my desk while I was working. I said, Lord, I want to go out there at nine. No, how about 10? No, be at there at 11. All right, I got here five minutes to 11. Whatever, you know. The word of God came and John did something. So let's pray. Lord, I pray that people have ears to hear the word of God when it comes, when you send a word to them. I pray, Lord, that they just don't have ears to hear, but they have a heart to understand what they're hearing. And Lord, I pray that they have eyes to see what they're hearing and understanding. And Lord, I pray that you give them strength to go do, power to go do that which you're asking them to do. I thank you, Lord, that you're getting people ready to hear you when you say come. It could be today. It could be 20 years from now. It could be 100 years from now. It could be 2,000 more years. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. I'm ready this very second. I'm ready, Lord. I'm hearing you right now. Even as I preach, as I'm talking, I can hear you in my spirit. So if you call while I was talking, I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm out of here. I'll be with you, Lord. Hallelujah. Why? Why? Because I pray. Oh, you ask me why. Because I pray, Holy Spirit. I pray that my flight 
is not in the winter, the tribulation, the afflictions of the world. I pray that my flight not be in the winter, the tribulation. Before that, I, my flight is before that. I pray that. I believe that. When I pray, I believe I receive. I'm going to hear that. You're preparing my ears to hear when you say, come. It's like Noah heard when you say, come into the ark. Come. I'm going to hear too, along with all the others that are praying like I'm praying, believing like I'm believing, hearing like I'm hearing, understanding like I'm understanding. I thank you, Lord, that many of us are examples. We're trying to lead the way, trying to be those examples, those ambassadors for you, Lord. We praise you, Lord, in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. I hope you got something out of this talk. On Monday, tomorrow, uh, first day of the year, I'll lift my new banner called Fire, and I'm gonna be out there at 55th and Pearl Parkway. I'm gonna be, it's a holiday schedule, so I don't know how the buses run, because way out there, the buses only run every hour <clears throat> during the week, nor normal day. So during holiday, I don't know if they're gonna run at all. They might cancel that. I've not, not checked on it yet, because I don't drive anymore. So uh, I don't know how I'll get out there, 55th and Pearl Parkway. This is Pearl right here behind the camera. I'm at 28th and Pearl, but I'm gonna go all the way out to the eastern edge of Boulder on 55th and Pearl by the old po by the post office, new post office actually. And that's where I'm gonna lift for the first time in 2024, the banner called Fire. God bless you, man. I love you very much. Take care.